Good morning, everyone. Red Sea Catholic Radio listeners, my name is Dennis Maka. I am coming to you live from the Red Sea Catholic Radio studios here in Bryan College Station, Texas. I am starting the introduction of this because we have a special episode. So every month that there is a fifth Wednesday, we do what we call live from Granny's Kitchen. Except for now, we have transplanted Granny's Kitchen into Bishop Lewis Riker Catholic High School in Waco. Not really, but we've transplanted the people for that episode into the school, and we're very happy to have them there. And your host for the day will be Darren Sincouli, and I'm going to pass that baton to Darren right now. Darren, you there? Good morning, Dennis. How are you? You better be there, because I'm going to be talking a long time with nobody. Yes. Awesome. We've got a great episode planned, but I wanted to thank our listeners for joining us from KEDC 88.5 FM here in the Brazos Valley in Central Texas on KYAR 98.3 FM and from Palestine in East Texas, KINF LP 107.9 FM. So thank you for all our listeners on podcast, online, YouTube, on Instagram. Man, we're getting to be a lot of places. So now we're also at Bishop Lewis Riker. So Darren, take it away. Thank you, Dennis. Uh, I am in, uh, we are in the music room here at uh, Bishop Lewis Riker Catholic High School. And um, I'm sitting next to Sister Maximilian Marie, and it is an honor to sit next to you. Well, thank you. Very nice to be here. Sister, um, there is a lot happening here at Bishop Lewis Riker, (laughs) and uh, you are very instrumental in that. and um, I wanted to find out today what all is happening. And uh, but before we get into that, <clears throat> we were talking with uh, Miss Becky. Uh, help me, Deacon. Becky uh, Chalette. Becky Chalette, mm-hmm. Director of Enrollment and Management here at Bishop Lewis Riker. Yeah, and, and Bishop Lewis Riker had a uh, open house this past Sunday, and she told you what happened. They did. We, we talked to Becky earlier. She was going to be on the show with us today, but uh, she's out showing families around the campus. So, and I told her actually to step in and uh, you know show them what's going on here at the schools that, that the kids are going to be on uh, on the radio. We're actually filming this for YouTube, as Dennis had mentioned. But yeah, Becky uh, told us that it was an awesome turnout for the uh, open house on Sunday. She said families everywhere, existing families who were coming to uh, talk to the teachers that their kids would have next year, uh, new families coming in to check the school out to to really see. Uh, all the great reasons that you need to consider bringing your kids here. You know, as the academic environment is wonderful, but the faith environment is incredible because of people like Sister Maximilian Marie and the other Dominican sisters that are here. She did say that. <laughs> no, she did. <laughs> she did say she that. She did. Okay, she said something Darren and I were shocked over, mm. that you had seven students last year that were students here that were non-Catholics that joined the church. I think it was more than that. More than that. I think it was wow. um, 12, 12 or more. That, now, so, that's incredible. And in our, middle school and high I school. I believe that's a direct relation to what you and the other sisters are doing. Well, thank you. That's a big difference. We're just chasing the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So just being open to where, where God has planted us. And, and um, it wouldn't happen without just an amazing faculty and staff and administration and just the openness of the, the students in their hearts. They're hungry. And uh, they respond. Wow, awesome. Well, sister, let's begin with you. So mm-hmm. you, the order that you belong to? Yes, um, the Dominican Sisters of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist. And we're out of Ann Arbor, Michigan, founded in 1997 with just four sisters. 
who came from an existing uh, Dominican congregation. And um, when I uh, I entered in, uh, sorry, in uh, 2001, and um, there were maybe about 30 at that time, and it was only three years after, uh, three, what is that, four years after the founding. Um, so now we're over 100, um, almost 150 sisters that get missioned out to the Catholic schools in the nation and um, have the privilege of um, just working in the vineyard in all the, the different um, areas. Uh, and so we're, we've been blessed to be here at Bishop Lewis Riker Catholic School. This is our third year. So wow. just two, two and a half years we've been here. So how, how did, how, how many sisters are here and how mm-hmm. did y'all come to, how did Bishop Lewis Riker end up with. Right. Well, that, you know, that's only the Holy Spirit knows, I think, but uh. at, at the end of the day. But um, there are four sisters here at Bishop Lewis Riker, and um, there's two in the lower school. So one in second grade, she gets to prepare the students for Holy Communion oh. and their first uh, reconciliation. And then a sister in middle school who teaches uh, theology and math. And um, and then two here in the high school, so theology and then humane letters, which is basically like literature and history. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> this school, since you've been here for mm-hmm. three years now, mm-hmm. are there nice things here? What do you like about Bishop Lewis Riker? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, we've all taught at uh, various schools over the years. And you know, I was a principal for a time and taught high school and also elementary school. Um, I, I love what I've found here is, um, a, a particular, uh, type of openness. Um, there's, um, there's just a certain openness among the students and especially the faculty and staff too. And I think that's just such a, a an important thing because you can go where you're sent, but, um, and, you know, we just give what the Lord gives us, you know, and, but if it's not, um, if there's not that openness um, and a reception on the other side, like there's only so much one could do, right? Um, it, it, when bringing the Lord, but there's just such a, a beautiful openness, I think. Well, sisters, I, I can tell you that uh, from everyone that I've spoken with, as well mm-hmm. as myself encountering y'all in, uh, whether you that's at church or out in the public, mm-hmm. Y'all smile a lot, and, oh, and uh, it's good. <laughs> that, and and I think that's you know we're attracted to your you know your demeanor and mm, and how y'all mm-hmm. present yourselves as representatives mm. of Christ, and and that there's an attraction that we have to that, and I think that's what the kids probably also experience. If I, I hope was so. Guess. I'm looking over at them, and that's probably not the case every day. But, um, <laughs> Right. No, I have to always remind myself, you know, uh, St. Teresa of Avila says, you know, you know, Lord, save us from sad saints, I think she said. And, you know, a disciple of Christ, you know, that's just a fruit of the spirit. So if you're living the life um, as a disciple and and truly following the Lord, and then especially in religious life, there's that extra, um, I don't know, I mean, embedded in our life are so many tools and um, protections that just strip away all those things that maybe make us happy in the moment, but um, rob us of lasting joy mm-hmm. and that spiritual joy. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so yeah, you see the smiles too among the the faculty here because you know that they're living that life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the students too. So there's, 
it's um it's the Lord. <laughs> the Holy Spirit see. has a has an impact on us uh, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. The um, you know when you're helping the students not only with their academics but you're also helping them grow in their relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. What are the, some of the things? I mean, I know you said sisters helping mm-hmm. them with communion, but what what all is happening throughout? Right, right. I think. Um, well, so I, I think what Dominicans especially bring to education is just that reminder that we're both body and soul. And, you know, so a true education is going to educa- educate um, all aspects of the human person. So I think uh, oftentimes it's just reminding ourselves and others, you know, what it means to be a human person. And, um, and so I think, um, you know, we've started the... Um, arts and anthropology modules and slowly but surely I think the students and the the faculty and staff are understanding um, the purpose of that and so really it's just kind of a whole person formation like everything from the art of communication and interpersonal relationships to virtue and Christian living to um, the art of dance and reverence you know so all these things that used to be in our culture and part of our everyday formation that we would receive in our families and through the culture that now we're getting a completely different message of what's true and good and beautiful we're trying to just put those into a more like formal um education um within the curriculum. So, I mean, I would say that's, that's kind of, I think one big thing. And then, um, just introducing the students, the faculty and staff on a daily basis to the virtues and what they look like, what they sound like, um, how we can grow in those every day to a heroic degree. Um, and, and then, you know, and then we just, you just teach, you know, you just open your classroom and the Lord puts before you, these particular students and first and foremost, you know, we, we spend our holy hour every day just um, being filled with the Lord so that we could bring them his love and our love um, purified by him. And so that's the most important thing, I think. So I understand that each month y'all practice a, a, a new virtue. Right, right. And actually, I think it's um, we're kind of rotating it week by week now. Okay. So this week, I'm looking over at the students. What is our virtue of the week? That's right. Um, trustfulness, or is it trust? Yeah, I think it's it's basically to be trustworthy. Yeah. Um, last week was modesty. Um, the week before that, courtesy. So, just and spending a little bit of time every week on what that is. So, in in what you said before, with all that you're um, helping the the mm-hmm. students grow in, mm-hmm. are you encouraging them to take that home? as well and to share with their family at home? You know, I, you know, that's, that's the hope. I think that happens especially at the lower school because the little kids can't help but like go home and start telling mom and dad, you know, that they're not being affable, you know, or they're, (laughs) or they're not being humble, you know, so, um, you know, have to work on that sometimes with our students. Um, I think with the high school students and the, uh, it's more of a, uh, quiet and an internal internalization and, um, kind of with everything in their lives. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, I would, I, I, that would be interesting to ask parents of the high school students, you know, have you noticed or have you heard them ever, you know, talking about virtue or bringing that up even in a casual manner? Mm -hmm. Um, 
or even, you know, are you, do you notice that that's, they're making decisions that are reflecting like hospitality or are reflecting, you know, a true sense of justice? It's right. a good question. Good. So there, again, I mentioned there's a lot happening here at Bishop Liz Riker, mm-hmm. and, and you're very instrumental mm-hmm. uh, in that. Um, so there is uh, an event that's been happening in the church since uh, 2022, and uh, it is the National Eucharistic Revival. Correct. Can you explain a little bit about what the— Sure, yes. Um, so, I mean, there's wonderful, wonderful resources on the Internet that I have not— yet to even, you know, plumb the depths of, but so many wonderful resources. But, um, I mean, really just the bishops have identified probably, you know, you pick one thing that, um, as a country we could focus on to increase our faith and our, our means of discipleship and, you know, what they've observed and what we, I think, experience is a need to, um, our, our Eucharistic devotion, because the, the statistics show that um, the belief in the true presence of the of the Eucharist, um, that Jesus is present, body, blood, soul, and divinity, uh, the statistics are very scary, and um, and it's affecting the culture, and our families, um, and our own, you know, our personal happiness. So just to galvanize the entire country to just focus on that one thing, you know, the Lord in the Eucharist. Um, so there's all sorts of programs and and um, and it's being culminated by the with the Eucharistic Congress this summer in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And um, just the little bits and pieces that I have heard, it, you don't want to miss out. And I, I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's too late to get tickets. Um, but uh, it just sounds like it's going to be, you know, the event of a lifetime. Yes. Um, so and and. <clears throat> the the Eucharistic revival started on a diocesan level. Is that right? I think so. Then, you, I, I'd have to look back on the my notes and the history of it again. But um, that's usually how these things work, like diocesan kind of a synodal listening sessions. Um, I am a little rusty on that. Okay. So, um, and and then and then, but I think uh, starting this year, it's going to be focused at the parish. The more focus of the awareness is going to happen at the parishes. Yes. And so, so, um, with that, mm-hmm. you have an event, uh, that will be several events that will be happening, uh, that you were instrumental in obtaining. So what I understand that you applied for a grant. That's right. That's right. And, and <laughs> tell me what this, what the, how this grant came to be. Oh, and, yes. And uh, it's a long story, it but is, I'll, I'll let you share it. It is great. Great. Um, let's see. We've got some time here. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, and it really is, again, it, it's, um, it was inspired by the openness of the students. And so going back, even our first year here, um, like Alice and Emily sitting over here, they were, they were freshmen and, um, uh, and just the, you know, the sisters were new and I, I teach theology. So I teach all the students, which is great. You kind of have your finger on the pulse of the school. And, um, I lived in Rome for four years and I would, um, on feast days, I would, you know, put the projector on and take them on virtual pilgrimages. Mm. And so we'd visit all these sites in Rome and I would know kind of use Google earth and show them inside the the churches, visit this saint or that saint. And, um, or for like Eucharistic miracles, show them these places where these Eucharistic miracles took place. And, 
But over time, they were like, sister, you know, uh, let's go on pilgrimage, you know, or take us to Rome. And I thought, gosh, that'd be, that would be great and didn't give it much of a thought. Um, but then this Eucharistic revival um, started happening, and that was on the wake of things we were already doing in the school. We, we instituted a liturgical formation, um, which was doing just that, like um, trying to educate us more for our Eucharistic d devotion, focusing on the liturgy, um, projects the students were doing. Um, the students did an amazing job with the, um, the Jewish roots of the, the Eucharist last spring. And it, it was at this time that I was like, wow. And, and so a lot of the Eucharistic miracles would come up in these conversations. And um, I was like, you know, why not? Let's just look into a pilgrimage. And um, so I, I got on the phone with a friend in Michigan. He has a travel agency, um, corporate travel services, and he just wanted this to happen for the students. So he he coached me through how to make it very affordable. And um, but at the end of the day, I just, um, I just didn't feel like the Holy Spirit wanted us to do it just yet. Um, part of that was financially, like we'd have to raise all this money and, um, and I just didn't think we were in a place to do that at this point. So I, I kind of packaged up all those dreams for a Eucharistic pilgrimage, um, miracle pil pilgrimage in Italy, put it on the shelf. And just two days later, I got in my, um, box here at school from our development director, um, a packet for a grant and, um, it was for a hundred thousand dollars and it was specifically for the Eucharistic revival. And she just had a little sticky note on it saying, um, you know, let me know if you can think of anything we can, we can use for this. And I was like, oh boy, do I have something? <laughs> so, you know, long story short, we spent the next uh, 10 days cause the deadline was coming up and, um, recorded the video, did all the paperwork, the budget, planned the pilgrimage and, um, in, in the, the pilgrimage would be first of all locally and then um, internationally to the Congress and then an international Congress um, pilgrimage for a, a Eucharistic miracles pilgrimage. And, you know, so we did all that and then we just waited. And, um, and so it was, uh, that's kind of how we came about doing the, even applying for this grant. It was through the Scanlon foundation and uh, it was just almost like it was tailor made just for, for kind of the idea that I had that, that God was saying, wait. So did you dance with joy uh, <laughs> when you received word that y'all won the? I did. Miss Basa could attest to that. Um, I was teaching and, you know, I, poor Miss Basa, she knows not to interrupt me while I'm teaching. Like for, for I, I just want my, I, I just want like to focus on the students. So the students are, are, the most important thing. So if people come by to visit, you know, I'd, I'd rather them just wait. So they called and she told them, nope, sister's teaching. So I didn't talk to them, but she brought in to me a sticky note saying, you know, call Larry Massey at Scanlon Foundation. You got it. And so, yeah, she saw me do a little dance. <laughs> <laughs> but she paused the class uh, material for Right. Celebration. Right. Right. Yes. I had to keep it under wraps. <laughs> so. Oh, so the students didn't know. They didn't. I wanted to get everything ready. So it actually waited about a month before I um, announced it to have all our ducks in a row. How exciting. Mm -hmm. So 10 days to prepare all of that. that mm -hmm. That's a, that's a feat. It was. Especially. And so mm -hmm. uh, you said from a local level, um, and then even to the international level mm -hmm, on these mm -hmm. pilgrimages and, mm -hmm. and 
What will you be doing uh, locally? Yes, yes. Um, so uh, Father Chris Smith, Father Father Chris Smith, and um, Father Ryan Hignant, they're um, helping us make arrangements at Texas A&M for their Catholic Center. So the whole school will go on pilgrimage to, I think it's St. St. Mary's. Um, and um, I'm kind of new to Texas, so I don't know all the, the, the names and places. You may, you may or may not know, uh-huh. sister, but uh, D- Dennis Mock, our, uh, our illustrious president, is looking out the window at St. Mary's right, right now. Is that right? Okay. Our studio Great. is at the Student Center. Okay, super. I'm super. envisioning as, as we speak <laughs> hundreds of students coming in from St. Louis Riker High School. Great. So, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll come by and say hi. Yeah. Um, and I think we're actually looking at April, um, Easter Wednesday um, in April. And um, so just a day to have mass and uh, maybe some talks and maybe some interaction with the college students there. Um, and just really the, the point of a pilgrimage is the spiritual it's a spiritual opportunity to grow. So, you know, it doesn't really matter if you're walking, if you're, you know, driving down the street or to the next town, but the intention is what matters. And so we'll be there for a day. And, um, and then we have a, a, a group of uh, six on scholarship going to the Congress in, in Indianapolis this summer. And um, along with the Ablaze um, ministry and um, their other students will be going too but six that will benefit from the grant. Um, <clears throat> wow. So mm-hmm. that's that's good. And I think mm-hmm. Father Chris has some connections there. I think I, so too, right. Yeah. yeah, he makes it known too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sister, yes. sister, one thing I was going to mm-hmm. mention, that just wondering, from what I understand, the competition for that grant was pretty tough. Yes. Was it, was it all of Texas or all was it of- even— Yes, all of Texas Catholic high schools, okay. and um, which are I just le- I've learned there's 62. Okay, and so each one of them were sent the packet is what I I understand, and um, yes, so I was just I was surprised. I was um, really happy, but but surprised. So yeah, the Holy Spirit I, was working it, through you. It's yeah. true, and the the students, you know, they'll attest to this. We you know, they knew that I was applying for it and I, I, I wanted them to be praying for that. And, um, also for not to, you know, like easy come, you know, easy go type of thing. But we prayed a novena to our lady of the blessed sacrament. And, um, really the intention was only, we'd only be awarded it if it would be something that would bring spiritual growth to each one of us personally. Um, if it's, you know, so we talked about, you know, it's not a vacation, it's not a trip. Um, it has a different purpose. Right. And so that was our prayer. And then we just left it up to the Lord. And so, so it will be the whole high school? It will be next year's juniors and seniors. Okay. Um, so these are the students that that um, did this exhibit last year that really inspired the the project, um, the Jewish roots of the of the Eucharist. And, and mm-hmm. uh, Deacon Robin Waters was, was with us last year for that exhibit. Yep, came and did Roundup from here last year right. with, with the sister and all the students. And right. that, was, that was a wonderful time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So <clears throat> this, you, there's another um, level to this mm-hmm. excitement, <laughs> uh, sister. Mm-hmm. Um, where are you going? You said internationally. Yes. So um, we will be going to Italy and both Father Chris and I are bringing the students and we both lived in Rome for for four years. He might have been there a little longer. Um, And we're going to be flying in and out of Rome and then hitting uh, several Eucharistic miracles. So we'll, um, as soon as we get off the plane, we'll go to Orvieto, 
which is where St. Thomas Aquinas wrote the Mass for Corpus Christi. And the Eucharistic miracle of Balsena, which is the little village across the the, the lake there. Um, Orvieto is where they house the, um, it's an altar stone, but also the corporal that still has the blood stains on it from a Eucharistic miracle. Um, there's a whole story about this. I won't, uh, I know we all, we're limited on time, but, um, and then from there we'll go to Siena and spend a f- two nights in Siena. Um, there's a Eucharistic miracle there at San Francesco. And, um, we can even have like exposition of these miraculous hosts that I, I, I think it's maybe um, 500 years. I forget how long that they've been intact, but there's a whole story about that. Um, a tabernacle was um, robbed right. and for the chalice or the ciborium and the, the hosts were dumped in the poor box. But when they found them, um, you know, they put them in a, in a, in a receptacle where they could deteriorate. They just haven't like, it, it smells like a fresh, like bakery every time you open it. So, um, and another beautiful story there, but also St. Catherine of Siena. So in the footsteps of Eucharistic saints. And so we'll be in her stomping grounds. And, um, and after that, we're going to do, um, two nights in Assisi. So Carlo Acutis, our new, our new blessed. Mm -hmm. Um, and then of course, St. Francis and St. Clair of Assisi. So these Eucharistic saints, two nights there. Then the next day, 24 hours will be a pretty packed day. We're going to go to, go to Loreto, our lady of Loreto, um, where the house of, um, of Mary is preserved. Um, when the angel Gabriel, um, appeared to her. So where the word was made flesh. Mm. Um, so we'll spend some time praying there. We'll go to Lanciano. That's probably one of the most, um, well-known Eucharistic miracles. And there's some, it has the most extensive scientific data behind it. Um, and then on to Manapello and, and, um, more people are learning about Manapello. It's where, um, it's purported to be, uh, the veil that covered the face of Jesus at, and at the moment of his resurrection. So there's an image of it kind of like the shroud matches up with the shroud. Um, but his eyes are open Oh wow. and it's not the three dimensional, um, but also in his mouth is open. And, um, so, you know, just to pray before that miraculous image, um, you know, Pope Benedict had been there on pilgrimage several, I think several times. And, um, and then we'll have four days in Rome. And, um, so we'll have an audience with the Holy Father. We have a private tour with like no one else in the Sistine Chapel. Uh, These are our friends at corporate travel. Um, they take good care of us. We'll go to the four major basilicas and it'll be the Jubilee year. So we'll probably be among the first pilgrims in 2025 to walk through those Jubilee doors and those graces. And then each of the basilicas, the Jubilee doors. Um, And then just, you know, living in Rome, we'll take them on different, you know, footsteps of the saints and the catacombs and the holy stairs. And, um, oh, my gosh, you know, just so much, so much. I got to go there a couple of years ago. And Mm. going up those holy stairs was a powerful man. You, know, you can mm-hmm. only go up on your knees, right? And uh, and and you can see all the the cracks where people have put notes and yes. things, and just to think that the Lord walked up those same steps, right? Right. Is yes, it's fascinating. Oh. I know so many things are in Rome, so like, yeah, they they were these stairs that were in Jerusalem. You know, they were transported to by Saint Helen, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, same same thing with the whole the the house of Loretto. Um, so it's almost like you get a little taste of Jerusalem and the Holy mm-hmm. Land, even there in Rome. Yes. Mm-hmm. So 
lot of activities, a lot mm-hmm, of a lot mm-hmm. of travel. What are y'all doing to prepare as, as the, the currently the sophomores and juniors? Right yes, now? correct. There will be juniors and seniors when they make right, the trip. Right, right. The pilgrimage, I should say. Yes, not the, yes. Not the trip. Yes. What are y'all doing to prepare? Well, every month we're having a mandatory meeting. um, So with both parents and students and, um, you know, we go over practicals and things that kind of help us get excited. Um, But then also some aspect, like the first time we did a virtual pilgrimage um, and learned about some of the artwork that we would be seeing. Um, I can't remember um, what it was that time. Um, Oh, it was a, a statue. It was Mary Major. We did a vir- virtual pilgrimage there. Uh, Mr. Clafferty, our art teacher, will be going with us too. So he's preparing us every every week, every other week. Um, the whole school gets to um, do an art talk with him. Mm-hmm. And so we did the Holy Doors last week. Um, at our last meeting, um, we really talked about the nature of a pilgrimage mm-hmm. and what makes it different than a trip or a vacation. Mm-hmm. Um and um, so, so there's that kind of ongoing thing and a lot of just practical um, preparations. But in class, um, we'll continue what we did last year and um, just do some um, projects, exhibits, and the students will be choosing a Eucharistic miracle to research, mm-hmm. one that we'll be visiting. And then also they'll be researching those um, the, the saints that we'll be visiting and um, accompanying us, um, but also maybe different uh, churches and um, artwork or or even just the different towns. I want them to know a little bit about each of the places we'll be going to because it's just so rich in, in art and culture and, um, and uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, different saints you can visit and, and um, just different sites. So, so that'll, they don't know that yet, but (laughs) it is going to be kind of the direction we're going um, in terms of the education. So the, there's, there's going to be a education piece as well. So in the, in this being a Eucharistic revival, mm-hmm. what are you focusing on, uh, in communicating to the students about the Eucharist, uh, mm-hmm. itself? Is mm-hmm. it, is it just that Jesus is the present body, blood, soul, and divinity, mm-hmm. or is there more to that that right. you're communicating? Do you know what I've found with the students is, and, and myself too, like especially in after being in Catholic school for 10 years, you know, eight years, you start to get numb to it. And you know what? They actually they know all that. <laughs> so intellectually they know um, all the things. Um, but for myself and for others, um, you see like, what I've been focusing on with the sacraments in general, and then in particular with the Eucharist eventually, is that, you know, you can only receive according to the mode of the receiver. Mm-hmm. So um, really taking a look at, you know, what obstacles do we have in our hearts, in our minds? Mm-hmm. Um, and even like what lies do we believe that keep the the infinite graces that are available when we do receive the Eucharist? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so, so kind of taking a look at it in that dimension. Um, and the theology of course helps with that and how grace works. Um, but really just praying about how to, um, teach the sacraments in a way that, because, you know, they're just sitting there like, what does this have to do with me? Mm. How does this matter to me? Mm. Like, I know this is what the church and they, they do believe it. And, but, um, I think for all of us, there's still a lot of obstacles that keep us from really allowing those graces and that, reality to penetrate. Mm-hmm. 
you know, sister, last year when you uh, did the uh, the exhibits for the Jesus and the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist, one of the things several students told me that I was very impressed with, and this goes to what exactly what you're talking about, is they said, you know, I, I knew the theology. I knew that we were taught that uh, the Eucharist was a body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. But what this project did was it took it from my mind and it placed it in my heart. Mm. And that's what you're trying to do mm-hmm. with this uh, this trip yes. as well. Yes. And, and even more so than just doing a, a, an exhibit. Right, yeah. right. That's the, the goal, the point. And, and are, you, are you focusing on what leads to the Eucharist? Like, you know, without the Mass, we do not have the Eucharist. Without mm-hmm. priests— you know. Right, right. Right. And that's, that's kind of, um, you know, imperfectly. Yes. We've been, we've been doing this even before the Eucharistic revival, we've had the liturgical formation and we're even, um, you know, the, the parts looking at the parts of the mass or looking at, um, the vestments of the mass or the sacred objects. It's so beautiful when you see that every single thing that your eyes, um, See in mass, there's a, there's a, a, a theological reason behind it, a reality behind it, mm. um, and and then absolutely. So like with with um, I think having the sisters here and and the priests available, um, I think that that focus on the priests and how important they are, um, just on that day to day basis, um, but. You know, when we when we speak about um, salvation history, and we talk about the Eucharist um, and the redemption, you know, happening on the cross, like it's all available. It's all available, but it's it's not unleashed. You know, it, it was in, instituted on Holy Thursday. You know, the priesthood and the Eucharist. It's it's all there and available, but it wasn't unleashed until Pentecost. And like really just trying to insert them in that that's what you're living now and it's all available. And it through through the priests, through the through the Eucharist, um, in particular for this conversation. Um, but again, you can have all of that and understand all of that, but still not receive what God is mm-hmm. is trying to um to what God is showering on us. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, Darren, we've we've got about eight minutes until the break. Mm-hmm. Uh do you want to talk to the kids a little bit and ask them a few questions yeah. about what's going on with the? I, I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we have sitting with us uh, Emily. Is that correct, mm-hmm. Emily Vic? Vicka. Vicka. Mm-hmm. Vicka. Yes. Okay. And so, what are you excited about on this trip or pilgrimage? <laughs> I said trip again. <laughs> pilgrimage. Um, I think for a lot of people, like you said, you know, knowing the theology of something and actually having a more personal experience with it and personal experience with God um, within yourself is very separate um you can understand everything on a theological level but not fully um sorry um but not fully grasp it within yourself as as in there's a spiritual understanding of something and then there's the um intellectually knowing something Mm -hmm. and i think for me a lot of it is and i think for a lot of people too with with doing this is actually seeing relics and seeing saints and seeing landmarks and chapels mm-hmm. um, and these locations um, it, it's it's so much different than hearing about them or learning about them and, and it inspires more of a, a direct sort of 
um, an inspiration within you to to seek God. Mm-hmm. I feel like because it's real. It it actually happened, and and it's real. You can you can. You, I don't know if they're going to let you touch any of the uh, uh, the the relics. We or, don't ask. We uh, just touch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. But uh, uh, you know, you you get to see something, and and it's mm-hmm. it's tangible. You it's it's not a story. It's not made mm-hmm. up. Uh, Christ did die for us. Mm-hmm. It's it's a real uh, experience, and that's good that you get mm-hmm. to experience this. Um, you looking forward to the trip to Rome and uh, any particular place or and what thing you want to see? Um, Siena, actually. This mm-hmm. is really interesting because uh, St. Catherine of Siena. Um, and then also there's a, there's a few chapels I was um, curious about, but who knows? <laughs> uh, there's a lot of things I'm also th- – this is separate from it, but because Rome is uh, – a place with a lot of beautiful art mm-hmm. and a beautiful architecture. I feel like that would be a wonderful thing to experience. Mm-hmm. Like just to see like in person with my own eyes, I feel like that would be such a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Emily's an amazing artist. So yeah, you're, you're going to love it. And I think Emily, what, that's exactly what happened to me when I lived in Rome for four years. You know, I had learned all the, the saint stories and, but there's something about, um, you know, praying at their tomb and, and walking in their footsteps, that it kind of demands that response. And kind of like what you were saying, like it, at a different level, a more personal level. So yeah. it's exciting. I'm sure it is. Mm. We Are we going to try to fit them all in before the break? No, or? no we don't. No, we, we can come after the break. We can come back and continue this conversation. Okay. You know, a lot of times we'll talk about local events after the break, but we don't get to come visit with y'all too often. Oh, great. So, yeah, uh, yes. so we, we may throw a couple of things in, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, we might have uh, we'll have McKinnon come over sure. and say a few things and kind of, okay. hey, McKinnon, come on over and uh, trade with Emily here. Sister, mm-hmm. the, uh, how many students? Uh, total will be going? Um, it will be, I think it's like 36, 36. But then um, also there's some space reserved for transfer students. Mm-hmm. So um, there is room for growth. Okay. And then right now we have four of our faculty members going, um, actually five. We just got our nurse. And um, and then there there might be a few, few more as well, per- okay. perhaps uh, parent chaperones. Okay. Well, welcome, McKinnon. <laughs> McKinnon Salmon. Yes, right? sir. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Known him since he was a baby. Uh, uh, so, what is it that you uh, are excited about on this pilgrimage? Um, I think. Well, first of all, they've like helped us prepare like really well compared to like how it could have been. Mm-hmm. So I know like our humane letters class. We've been learning about like Romanesque architecture and like what to expect. Mm-hmm especially with Mr. Clafferty, too, with all the different art and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think overall, for me, I'm just kind of excited for the whole experience itself. Like, nothing in particular, just kind of, like, being there oh, more yeah. than anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, is is, the, is there not one place that you want to see in particular or, or that you would want to see? Sorry. I mean, I think I'm excited for... I forgot what you called it, but uh, St. Thomas Aquinas. Yes, Orvieto. Yes. Mm-hmm. That to me, I like him as a saint. Like mm-hmm. one of my friends actually has him as his confirmation saint. Mm-hmm. And I kind of didn't really know about him. But then I like looked him up and everything like that. And I thought he was pretty cool. But mm-hmm. So I think I'm excited for that more than anything. So the, the 
We have two minutes. We um, the uh, growth that uh, are you are you growing? Do you feel like you're growing spiritually uh, in this uh, time up to the pilgrimage that uh, you're going to experience? And oh, without a doubt, yeah. I think like knowing that we're going on this pilgrimage, it's kind of like helped me reflect on like what I need to do before we go. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I want to read a little more scripture, kind of mm-hmm. get familiar with all this other stuff that I don't know about yet, but. I think that'll help a lot. What's the buzz around with your with your peers? Uh, oh, we're all excited. I think we're all going to have fun together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure you will. Mm-hmm. And how do you hope to grow from this? I think I want to grow probably spiritually with God, but then also kind of like spread that to my friends. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like we all together as one kind of need to like come together, I guess, and grow spiritually. Yeah, that's 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 a good. Uh, thing to keep in mind that definitely does happen on a pilgrimage yeah Yeah. you suffer together and you have joy together and yeah so we're getting uh very close to the break here and uh we still have one more uh student that we will Mm -hmm. uh is it it's alice Alice, yes Uh, we'll be uh speaking with after the break and uh Mm -hmm. sister this has been wonderful so far and mckinnon thank you for uh, being with us and tell emily i said thank you as well i sure will i sure Uh, will yeah, we let her walk off before we uh, we thanked her for oh, coming on the show. Yeah. Right, She's yeah. eager to back, get back to class. Huh? Yes, yeah. <laughs> back to art class. <laughs> right, right. Dedicated student. I yeah. know. So uh, I think we are really close. And um, thank you all for being listeners to Red Sea Catholic Radio and uh, on YouTube uh, for those of you all that are watching on YouTube. That's awesome. right, Darren. And we're going to head to the break. We'll be right back to Bishop Lewis Riker Catholic School and more right after the break. Stay tuned, everyone. 